0: Hey, all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back, nature nerds. Uh, sitting across from my co-host Jen, we're going to be doing some science news and stories
1: and all the things. As we do, as we do. Yeah, welcome back. Nice to see you again today, Megan. I'm Looking awake. lovely on this uh, <laughs> Sunday uh, late morning. Sunday I was supposed to morning. be here early mm-hmm. this morning, but it didn't happen.
0: I mean, it's still morning. I was technically
1: had a rough day yesterday. Yeah, you went on the boat. My husband took my, me and my kids on his boat. Mm-hmm. And it was, he's like, it's super calm. It was not super calm. And the kids were fine. They were like, this is great. And I was like,
2: Ugh! <laughs> yeah,
1: little motion sickness, but it's all good. It just kind of yeah. lingered the whole day yesterday. Just for fun. Just, just for fun. Just for good times. Well, Jen, you're not 21 anymore. Well, <laughs> tell my brain that it doesn't
0: believe it. I did look outside when you said you went on the boat and I was like, this does not look like a boating kind of day. Yeah, but, but Guam is a little weird cuz sometimes it can be raining where I am and not raining where you would have been.
1: Yeah, but the ocean is pretty consistent around. True that. The island. Yeah. It was it was a little it was a little rough. Yeah. That's all right. It's all good. The kids caught some fish and you didn't die out there so that's I great. was chumming out the back. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> chumming the waters. Perfect. It was great.
0: Amazing. Um would you like to hear some science news today, Jen. Oh, I would love to. All righty. Let me pull it up here on my favorite publication online. I'm sure you know what I'm going to read it from. IFL Science.
1: You're, yes. Always. Your go-to. Yeah.
0: I found this one. I was kind of scrolling through. Everything was super depressing. Like we had mentioned last week. Everything is just so depressing right yeah, now. Yeah. I was
1: having a real hard time finding a science news that mm-hmm. was sort of upbeat, like a positive finding. Yeah. We don't want to mm-hmm. be da- Debbie Downers. All we, don't. Time. we don't. We don't.
0: So this one is by Stephen Luntz, and it is entitled "Shark Filmed Strolling on Land Like It's No Big Deal."
1: Wow, MBD.
0: <laughs> no big deal. That's right. This is, I guess, it's Shark Week. The past
1: couple weeks, is it? I it's don't been know. Shark Week.
0: Well, I remember seeing advertisements for it while we were in on the mainland. If you will, <laughs> yeah, and it was going to be hosted by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, okay, so it was like the whole thing, or whatever. Yeah, it's
1: like a cool. I mean, they say like Shark Week has really done a lot of positive, yes. Like had people really get into sharks and seeing them in a the positive light, which I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So
0: from this Shark Week, there was some footage that went viral of some sharks that are in Papua New Guinea, mm-hmm. and it's from this documentary called Island of the Walking Sharks. And it's hosted by Forrest galante. I think g a l a n t e. And I guess there was like a teaser they release on YouTube. And everybody's seeing it. And it's Galante says in the clip, this is the first time in history one of the papawan species has been documented walking, right? Mm. And there are like legitimate scientists, biologists who are like, um bullshit, right? <laughs> like, really it's a fish. And, and there's this, uh, this guy, Kevin Connor, who tweeted, he saw it and he was, this is what he said. I really like this tweet. He's like, woof, classic parachute science, quote unquote, um. from Shark Week and an extremely doubtful claim that this is the first time in history the species has been documented walking. Don't get me wrong. Walking sharks are cool as f- but Broski here is not the first one to notice. <laughs> and yeah, the guy who is doing this show is a, a white guy mm-hmm. going to Papua New Guinea. Like, oh, look at what we found! Yeah. Right? Not cool. Not cool. But there has been previous footage that shows these sharks, and um, I think I'm going to say this right: epaulet, epaulet shark, e p a u l e t t e. So I guess they had some some footage before, and it shows this shark walking in a shallow area, kind of trying to get away from the sun. More so than uh, like walking onto land. Or oh,
1: I, I get it. Yeah. It was more mm-hmm.
0: like it was trying to escape something. Okay. You know? Right. Like how we would suddenly become really good at boulder climbing if we're trying to get away from something scary or painful or mm-hmm. whatever. But these sharks do actually walk a little bit when they're in the ocean on the bottom of the ocean floor. So they'll get really flat to the floor and it allows them to put their heads under rocks and corals so they can hunt prey because they eat small fish and invertebrates. So they're actually really good at getting really low to the ground and kind of like scooting themselves along the bottom.
1: Got it. Yeah. Okay.
0: There are nine species of sharks that live off of New Guinea, Australia, and at least three Indonesian island sharks are known to walk in this way as well. And I guess since four of these were only scientifically described in 2020, it's likely that there are more out there that haven't been found yet.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, scientists don't know how many actually come out of the water entirely to like walk on land Uh, but some of them are well adapted to making their way back to the ocean when they're caught after a tide goes out so like let's say it gets low tide and they were like oh crap i didn't realize what time they're like
1: taking a nap like (laughs) Like, chatting with friends just like a cinderella moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah they were preoccupied like what were they doing (laughs) honestly
0: looking at something just staring off into space just scrolling through tiktok yeah this something and then the tide's gone and they're like oh shit yeah and then they gotta like flipper it back
1: out <laughs> <laughs> anyway wait so this guy is saying it was undocumented but yes. other people are like it's already been documented many times on film
0: yeah on film so they do i mean they i think maybe his footage is less of a like shark trying to get out of a situation Mm -hmm. and more of a actually just kind of like leisurely
1: strolling. I think they're being mean to him. Really? Yeah, I do. Mm. Because maybe he just didn't know it was documented. I'm such a like judger. I was like, yeah, Mm. what do
0: you know? Are you like, you like know all about these sharks? you live there forever.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But I kind of feel like he might not have known. And Maybe, maybe somebody there was like nobody's ever recorded that difference. maybe there right yeah yeah, yeah. and so hey, he's like hey this is undocumented for that area and that species
0: and he's like good good good
1: yeah i mean could be i don't know people in the scientific community are all judgy bitches I, this is the truth anyway still kind of
0: cool that they saw the shark walking either way whatever video we were going to talk about pretty neat i'm going to watch it. it yeah i need to see this that's kind of neat well cool Yeah, so that's my science. Shark Week. Shark Week. I just, you know, like, I guess I need to turn on the cable. Well, that's the thing is that like when we were, you know, there, we were staying in a hotel at the time when I saw these, you know, or like we were over at people's houses and they have cable. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I'm never going to pay for cable in Guam.
1: Yeah, I travel. Well, okay, it wasn't when I went with my family because we didn't watch Mm -hmm. any TV Mm because we were doing stuff. But a couple of weeks later, I went on a work trip Mm -hmm. and I realized that every time I travel and I'm by myself in a hotel room. yeah. I watch nonstop forensic files because it's on that channel. <laughs> yes. That I don't even think we get here the HLN or something or ID. No, it's a channel. It's like it's the HL channel? network. Well, I don't know what it is. People, but it's 24 seven forensic files,
0: which I love forensic files. When we were in the hotel, when I turned on the TV, it was already on the ID channel. Mm-hmm. Well, if
1: you wake up early in the morning to go to whatever <laughs> you have to go to for work, like yeah. I did, yeah, it would be news. So it was like the HLN news oh, people. But then, okay. then once that's over, forensic files. Nice. Yes. That's and amazing. I love it because some of them are so old mm-hmm. that they, you know, it was like when DNA wasn't really a thing. Well, it was there, but it took like two years for them to analyze it. <laughs> They're like, hey. and they needed like... 10 ounces of blood right so it was, it was harder but they're like know. all we
0: had was the strand of hair with this thing on the end of it but and we they do the, they always that. show
1: you the thing that shows the hair and how it matches they get yes. it like it goes back and forth and then yes. boom
0: and they're it's like a match. it's a match
1: yeah or I mean, like bite marks or fibers and all these things like now everybody's like oh geez bite mark evidence was you just needed to get some dentist to be like yep looks good that's a match <laughs> guilty definitely. Anyway. So Megan, I have a story for us today. I'm pretty stoked because I, I don't know exactly
0: what it's about, but I do know that it was um, a suggestion by a patron. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. Back in May, before I jetted off for my family vacation, mm-hmm. we asked our beautiful patrons, beautiful, who we love gorgeous, and send us funny stuff and cool stuff all the time, mm-hmm. which we do actually from our non patrons, all of our listeners send us cool stuff, but it's we- true. When you when you're a patron, we get to like ask you what stories would you like to hear. What do you like? What do you love? What do you, what have you not heard yet that you just want to hear about? Right. And we got a lot of great suggestions. And one of them, and this was actually supposed to be for some our our patron or Patreon bonus episodes where we mm-hmm. kind of asking for that. But this one was so interesting that I decided to make it for a everybody regular episode. Nice. So I started putting it together a long time ago. And then, you know, we took some time off. We did this, we did that. We jet-setted. We jet-setted. Anyway, it's ready. I'm really stoked. And it's from our our friend Val, our patron oh. and friend who... Fine weed, uh Fineweed Sketchbooks. Yes. And Illustrated Garden. She teaches how to make beautiful sketches. If you are so inclined, which I am not, I can like stick people things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish. I just look at her stuff and I just... I just get all like gooey eyed because it's so beautiful. So Val sent us this really a link to a story that actually she has written on her own blog. And the link is in, so I have a ton of links, guys. Okay, so let me just back up a second. Yeah. I went a little overboard with this one. I just couldn't help myself because it was so interesting. Mm -hmm. So just be prepared. You know, the episodes where I just kind of go on and on and on. I feel like this is just a, a message to Jonathan, like, get comfy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a message to all of our listeners that you use this one for one of your long, longer runs or hikes <laughs> or longer drives. Just just get comfortable because here we go. It's going to be a lot. OK, so we're going to start off with Val's story. So that's where it all starts is her story. But it, I, I kind of led into some other stuff. Mm-hmm. So she was talking about in her blog, she wrote this she did this really beautiful write-up, which I'm taking it straight because hers is the most in-depth of all the, I guess, information I could find on this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Elizabeth Blackwell, and cool. she lived in the 1700s. Mm. She's, she lived a long time ago, and she was actually, she is a botanist, or actually she illustrated, did some really beautiful illustration work of plants. Mm. I'm going to give you her story because it's it's interesting. So she was born in 1707. Elizabeth Blatchie, I think B L A C H R E. Sure. Okay. Um, in Aberdeen, Scotland, so oh. she's a Scottish lady. Hmm. She grew up on the coast, and her dad was a merchant. He started out like just he was like a self-made man. He started out selling stockings to keep your legs warm because yeah. it's Scotland yeah. and it's on the coast and it's freaking cold. Sure. So. Buy some, side by buy stockings back then for sure. sure. But definitely. But he started selling, you know, he built up from there and made a pretty big fortune. He was also, seems like a really cool guy because back in that day, usually women didn't go to school. Girls mm. didn't go to school or mm-hmm. they, if, only the elite, I suppose. So he was like, nope, all my kids are going to go to school and they're going to be educated and they're going to be independent. He sounds cool. He was. So Elizabeth was trained in art and everything else, but she really did well in art and she had a talent for it. And her brother took up uh, studies in botany and she was like, oh, that's really cool. I like botany. I like drawing. It's like peanut butter and jelly right hmm. there. It's like when the chocolate meets the peanut. I don't know. <laughs> it was a connection. Yeah. So there had, she had seen some work from another lady called Maria Marion. She drew illustrations from Butterfly Metamorphosis. She was like, hey, here's this lady. And that lady was German, but she's like, here's this lady did this thing. Like, I can do that thing. Unfortunately, she ran across a cousin. I think it was a cousin. So this wasn't in Val's. So Val, maybe tell me if I'm wrong, but in other stories or other findings, it said that Mm -hmm. this was her cousin. His name was Alexander Blackwell. This guy. So super smart, (laughs) Mm -hmm. handsome. Of course. Just like so funny.
0: And it's like 17 something. So cousin is not like. uh, Not a thing. Not a thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So she was like he was kind of like high society. His father was like some sort of elder uh, classical scholar. A A Mormon. (laughs) <laughs> well, we're in, we're in Scotland. So I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, like his one of his um, brothers had become a leading author and historian. So this guy was like comes from a really good family. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is he was super moody, impulsive, and very irresponsible and brilliant. I mean, he just sounds like you're on a mill, dude. Well, a little bit moody. I'm thinking, you know, this could have been described as possibly some sort of bipolar. Okay. Okay. To me, when I read it. Sure. With his like kind of the way, well, as I go into it, you can tell me, Mm -hmm. but it seemed like he was like really smart. He would have these big highs of doing all these really great things, Mm. but then he spent money like crazy and was. Maybe had some impulse control issues. Maybe just impulse control. I'm not sure, but there's got to be something there. But anyway, she fell head over heels for this guy. But actually, his family didn't want her marrying him either because she came from this, like, lowly merchant family. Oh, right. Cause that's and also, time... she was too educated. Oh, oh,
0: don't want to educate those ladies. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's probably during the time where it was like... If you were a self-made person, it's kind of like dirty. Yeah. Like you're not because you want to come born from old it. money. You got to be born into it. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, somebody re- uh, referred to Alexander as a charming rascal. Oh, so I don't know. A cad. Something. I feel like rascal was used much differently back then, but true, true. they didn't care. They didn't care if his family didn't like it. They didn't care if her family, because her family was also like, you know, you're too smart. Like, you're too good for this guy. He's yeah. all over the place. Like, yeah. don't do it. And she was, so they eloped. Oh. Didn't tell anybody. They eloped. And he his dad was about to send him off to Sweden to go to medical school. They eloped and she went with him. Scandal. I know, right? <laughs> At his medical school, he did pretty well for mm-hmm. a little while. Everybody there was like, he's a genius. But unfortunately, he was just too impatient, too impulsive. And he peaced out before he finished completing the training. Mm. so he never got his credentials but then he went back to scotland and was like i'm a doctor (laughs) like practicing medicine but after a while people were like but where's your thing on the wall right you're supposed to have the the certificate on the wall that says you finished medical school we don't see it it's like just make it already dude can you give it i feel like back then you could just draw one we talked about this in the last episode just just make your own stuff yeah who's gonna know and here's the interesting thing is so he ended up like he went to London and he started working because everybody was like, you know, I don't know, like pitchforks, like you're not a doctor. And he, like, <laughs> he went to London and then he started as a proofreader at a printing house. And I'm like, just print your certificate. Just do it. Maybe know.
0: that's why. Maybe he was like, hey, I got to go to this. I got to learn how to do these this printing trade. So I can print fake documents, documents yeah. for
1: myself. Perfect. Yeah. Get some credentials on the wall. Anyway, so then he was only a proofreader. And I guess back then to run a printing shop, you needed to have... Uh, be an apprentice for a certain you know number of years and do all this stuff well he was like f that i don't have time for that <laughs> so he opened his own he opened an unlicensed printing house
0: okay i'm <laughs> this is nothing against people have adhd <laughs> but
1: i'm just saying this is giving me adhd vibes, vibes. <laughs> so that could be it it could just be extreme like yeah. adhd yeah i don't know pick up a thing don't finish it <laughs> pick up a new thing. don't finish it. I mean, I have it a little bit. yeah, as well, yeah. so I, I get it. I get it, but yeah. not to this extreme. It runs goodness. in my family. To yeah think. yeah. anyway, so he was doing such a good job. I mean, mm-hmm. he was pulling it off and he was getting a lot of people to come over. They were leaving other businesses to come to him. So other people are like, who's this guy? Like, what the hell? you know like where yeah. did he come from? Does he have credentials? <laughs> did he was he an apprentice? And while he's like in this business, he's making so much money mm-hmm. and he's just like spending it like crazy. Perfect. he's buying like big floofy hats i don't know what did you buy in the 1700s maseratis <laughs> <laughs> like the fanciest horse just
0: really nice cufflinks something just so many cufflinks
1: so many fanci- A closet just full
0: of fancy ass stockings <laughs> yeah what are those what are those not i was saying i was thinking carafe but that's like a thing for a coffee pot uh what's the thing that you would wear like
1: the floofy thing on the, the chest well, for
0: like a for like a man like it was like kind of like a tie but not and then it would be like it's like poofy in the front
1: i don't know <laughs> Do I really bad even... really bad anyway one weeks, of those things something you picture it yeah the big sm- feathers smoking jackets a smoking jacket yeah anyway so he's blowing through money and starts mm-hmm. going into money they don't have he spent her, her he spent elizabeth's money nope. that she had saved before nope. they got married not cool. It's not cool. He's just like all this. So Elizabeth gave birth to four babies, but three died because it's 1700s. Right. And all the things. She did have a son that survived. And then finally, other printers came in with more pitchforks <laughs> and they're like, what's going on? And so they complained and the police came and they're like, lies, it's all lies. And they confiscated everything that he had, like the printers, which is expensive, right? Yeah. They seized everything and they filed all of this um, fines against him because he was already broke and then he couldn't pay for this. He went to debtor's prison. I was just about to say, did he go to debtor's prison? He did. The good old days. Good old days. <laughs> oh, God. oh, my gosh. <clears throat> I they still had that.
0: Dude, I would be in it for Everybody sure. Everybody would if be it in student it. Student loans? Give me a freaking break.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Anyway, so now she's alone. Mm-hmm. She's in London. No income. She has mm-hmm. a baby. Mm-hmm. And she was just like. What am I going to do? So during the time that her husband was pretending to be a doctor, <laughs> she realized that there was a, a need for an up-to-date medical herbal, which basically for pharmacists or for doctors. Oh, okay, okay. So back then, you know, they were using actual plants and everything mm-hmm. to come up with different remedies. You know, it had always been happening, but it was documenting it and kind of getting it down to a science, I guess, a mm-hmm. documented science. There were new plants that were constantly coming in from other parts of the world Mm -hmm. as they were like going out and colonizing everyone, everywhere. Perfect. (laughs) They were bringing in all their plants. And so they needed more, they needed to update these books with all these new plants. So she Mm -hmm. wrote a grant, got it, that would start, that would give her some money to start work on this new herbal, right? So she rented a room. It was just outside this place called the Chelsea Physic Garden, which I guess is a place Oh, like a physician's garden or yeah so okay. it's almost like it's it's a place where they were basically growing plants on and learning how to use them for medicinal purposes That's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. And so they had all these the a big collection there and she said that uh most of them were the herbal's documents from before were created by three or four people or artists so mm-hmm. they would do like okay, you're going to do this part. I'm going to do this part. I'm going to say, there was like a collection of people that would work on it before, but she was like, I'm going to do the whole thing by myself. So for each plant, she had to make these detailed drawings Mm -hmm. when she would go to the garden. And then she had to use a steel needle to etch the drawings on a copper plate for printing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is crazy, right? That's a lot. And then she had to go through and do hand coloring, like watercolors for each one. So it just took a long time. And to do like each of the plates, crazy. So at night she would carry drawings like through the streets, Mm -hmm. they say, to go to Alexander's prison cell so that he could help her because he was super smart, right? And he did go to medical school and he did know a lot actually. Mm -hmm. So she would, or he would help her with the Latin names, dosages and plant, like the descriptions of the plants. Oh, just chilling out. Yeah. Everything this guy did, her husband Mm -hmm. did, she was 100% devoted dedicated to him oh all through it she didn't get burned out on that nope she did not and it gets it gets a little more crazy so i that's a like that's a lot that's it keeps going the whole time he's in debtor's prison Mm -hmm. she's doing this so she created 500 separate pages
2: dude
1: yep and they all were like super detailed um and it took her three years so once she completed the book it was called a curious herbal oh so cute I mean, it's cute, the name, but it was Mm -hmm. serious. Yeah. So she sent it out to these professional journals and it got endorsements from the Royal College of Physicians, which is a huge deal, especially back then. Other botanists and, you know, pharmacists and everything were like, wow, this is amazing. So she actually negotiated some deals with booksellers and retained some of the rights for future publication of her work, which was pretty cool back then as a woman Mm -hmm. by herself trying to do all this. It's impressive. So what she did was she ended up paying off all of uh, her husband's debts. She settled everything so that he would be free What? with all the money that she got from this. Unfortunately, oh no, (laughs) he was still like just getting himself into trouble. Within five years of getting out of prison, he was spending a bunch of money again. He started all these bad businesses and he had a new debt. So... (sighs) Unfortunately, again, and reluctantly, she had to sell a lot of her publication rights to raise enough money to give her husband another chance at a fresh start. Yeah, dude. I know. I mean, come on. He just knew how to sweet talk her, I guess. I mean, she just really loved him. She's like, it's okay." That's a lot.
0: I'll take care of it.
1: I want to give her the book Codependent No More. (laughs) Just be like. (laughs) Anyway, so he somehow managed to arrange a position as a court physician to the royal family of sweden i don't know how he got whatever
0: well he finally got his certificate printed
1: no yeah or he, they never asked about it sure. i'm not sure how he like he was just very good at selling himself
0: he was like listen in england this is what i do it's cool and they were like cool we're swedish we don't know
1: we don't know what's i mean it's a lot of work trying to figure out what's going on all the way over there so let's just yeah. we're good that's fine sounds but good with the royal co- the royal court mm-hmm. that's crazy So he left, went to Sweden, and he was like, be back, honey. See you soon. (laughs) So she stayed in London, and she was like, still had a small income from her reprints Mm -hmm. of what she had, all the work she had done for three years. And she was just kind of like sending him a portion of that over there. I don't know. Was he sending her anything? Uh, Right. What is
0: she's sending him money to what i would assume that he's just like living in some kind of royal palace in like the doctor's suite and he's
1: like i don't have any money don't give me any money i don't have a stipend i want to buy some chocolates (laughs) (laughs) something i mean but she was still giving him money and she's there like by herself taking care of the kids Get
0: you know what he needed to get some swedish meatballs from the ikea cafeteria it costs a little money
1: they do I mean
0: Seven
1: bucks. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so there's like some letters and journals from the late seventeen hundreds that give some reference to what happened next. But mm-hmm. basically he got himself in some some co- sort of like shady conspiracy to oh. they say to alter the line of succession to the Swedish throne. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. And he got caught. So it seems like there was this plot happening. And because he wanted to be part of it because he thought it was cool to be part of the secret plot because mm-hmm. of how he was. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm important. I'm part of this. Sounds good. Yeah. So, because there was no no gain for him to do this, like, nothing was going to be given to him. He mm-hmm. just got involved with the wrong crowd.
0: I don't know. <laughs> he was out playing cards one night and there were some shady people and they were like, tell Alexander about it. He'd be into it.
1: He'd yeah. Do it. He, he'll do it. So, anyway, he was basically charged with treason oh no right so elizabeth didn't even know she was starting to prepare to make a journey over to sweden to see her husband and she already like booked her trip and from london and then they said that she received some news that he had been executed for treason Oh, no. And so it says there's a conflicting account that de- that describes Elizabeth actually arriving in Sweden, encountering what seemed to be a festival of sorts in the city, arriving in the public square. She learned that crowds were gathered to witness his execution. But according to Val, she couldn't find reliable evidence. Okay, that would be awful. To me, this is a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody make oh, this movie. Why is
0: this not a movie already?
1: Honestly. <laughs> so they say, self-assured to the very last, this is what Val says, he Alexander actually joked with the crowd who awaited his beheading, because he was beheaded. And because oh, no. I guess after he put his head like the wrong way up on the block, he <laughs> joked that, that he required instruction from the executioner since it was his first experience with decapitation. Like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh, I, I kind of really like him. I feel like I know, right? He's
0: chaotic and, and just like a lot. That's a lot. He's a lot. But also... That's kind of
1: hilarious, if that's true. I feel like I would want to make a joke as my Mm -hmm. final, like, going out. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you going to do? when about to happen. Might as well throw some humor out there.
0: I thought you were going to say that he tried to, like, become Swedish royalty. Because, I mean, it just seems like he, you know, like, he's like, okay, doctor didn't really work out. Printer didn't really work out. I'm going to be this physician. I'm just going to be royal now.
1: Well, I bet he was the court physician. He encountered, you know, everybody mm-hmm. at some point and somebody was like, hey, we're going to do this because we don't like this guy. He, he's
0: doing uh uh exams and they're like, hey, doc, I need to talk to you about this
1: thing. Right. Because maybe they also used him as some sort of, you know, psych, the or they just liked him because he was very gregarious Fine. and yeah. all that. And so they just talked to him and he somehow he got pulled into it. I'm sure there was something in it for him. I can't imagine him going through that. If I imagine that they were like, if this other person... Mm-hmm. becomes king or whatever, mm-hmm. then we're gonna make you this, 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 or you're gonna get this land or yeah. You know what I mean? Well anyway, Elizabeth is just like, well shit. Poor Elizabeth kind of as you know, as Val puts it, she becomes invisible from written history hmm. after that, which was pretty typical for women in that time frame. They know she did not go back to Aberdeen. She stayed in London and near the garden that beautiful garden where she created all her work. Mm-hmm. They kept reprinting her herbal, which is how she made her income. Mm-hmm. And she had a bunch of friends. And she's a cool lady. She had like a quiet life after that. Yeah. And she made a lot of friends in the, those years that she did all the work. Mm-hmm. There's no record of what happened to her son. Mm. Um, but we know she died in 1758 and is buried in a churchyard at Chelsea Old Church. So you can still see all of her work. And some of them I got from onlines. We'll put them on. I have the citation or oh, the, oh, like the photo credit, the photo credit. Gotcha. Well, basically, I pulled them off Wikipedia. So they're kind of uh, public domain. Public nine domain. Times out of 10, yeah. yeah. So but anyway, it's it's all her stuff. They say that there was an English botanist, Sir Joseph Banks, who brought a copy of a Curious Herbal on a 1768 South Seas expedition with Captain James Cook. Oh. And the herbal was still a popular medical book well into the first decade of the 1800s. Um, it was reprinted in a limited edition in the 20th century. So, yeah, go check it out. It's super cool. And she was amazing. Women in science. Women in science. They go way back. I have um, another Women in Science sort of story in a little bit. Okay. Now, on to some more interesting information about plants Let's we're going to talk about the top 10 deadliest plants oh my god cuz i feel like <clears throat> the most deadliest plants are mm-hmm. also used for medicine there is i didn't know this but there is actually see i didn't write like write it down i uh-huh. was just watching it there is a garden in london that you can go to um you have to get permission you have to go with their botanist but you can't go by curator. yourself you can't go by yourself but it's basically this whole area of all the plants that could kill you I feel like no. Oh, I would totally go in there. But there's one that if you get too close or it kind of blows on you, people will pass out. Yeah, I'm like, is there a partition? (laughs) There's no partition. They give you a place to sit down. No, thank you. Yeah. but I mean, most of them, it's like you just don't eat them or touch Mm -hmm. them. What's that
0: one? There's this plant. It's very large. I think it's called the corpse flower. They had one in Honolulu when we were there and it bloomed. And everybody was like, cool, let's go smell it. And I was like, I'm good. Not into it. I saw the picture. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Not. I'm not going to go smell it.
1: Super stinky, I've heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am not going to talk about that one. Okay. So I'm going to talk about... There's top 10. I'm starting with 10, going to one. Although, I don't know. I couldn't find like an actual ranking. So this is just kind of like a top 10 top smattering. 10, kind of. I tried to put them in order of like the mm-hmm. most poisonous poisonous like what could kill you the fastest
0: Mm, or what
1: will definitely kill you okay so 10 being the least one being the most or the worst like you
0: might be able to take some ipecac and you'll be okay
1: let me just tell you everyone make sure you have some activated charcoal oh yeah in your medicine cabinet Mm -hmm. you never know i totally don't. even for your animals yeah that's smart yeah do it
0: I did watch this thing on, uh, okay, I just watched the most recent uh, episode, Season of Riverdale. I think it was on Riverdale. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, and they put a bunch of salt and water and then people could throw up after. I didn't know that. I just knew about Ipecac.
1: Well, we used to do, we used to use activated charcoal when we had animals when I worked at the animal hospital. Because they eat all sorts of random stuff. When they come in with some sort of poisoning or they ate something. Oh, yeah, yeah. It works. Even if you get like food poisoning, I've heard you can just eat it or take it and mm-hmm. you'll feel better almost immediately.
0: Do you throw up with it or just like neutralizes? It neutralizes is it. And then okay. you might like
1: poop it out. I don't know.
0: Ooh, like uh, your poop is like purple or something. It's, just, it's like when you eat a just, cupcake at a birthday party. Yeah. And it's like a purple or green cupcake. It's just rising. nuggets of
1: charcoal. Mm. Then you can use them again. Just kidding. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Fish them out of your poops. All right. Here we go. Number 10. Are you I'm ready, ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. This one, actually, I put it as like the least, but I feel like... It's one of the worst It has some creepy stuff to it. Okay, so we're going to talk about hemlock or ponium. And I'm going to say these all wrong because I was asking my husband last night. I was like, which one of these do we have on Guam? Because he's really good I was like, do we have that? Yeah, Yeah. he's super good with plants. And I was like, do we have this one? And I was like, and he's like saying it. He's like, sorry, and I'm like, oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Everything I said wrong. I'm like, this is going to be a disaster, but whatever. You guys are used to it. At this point. Okay. Probably a lot of people have heard of hemlock. Mm -hmm. If you're going to talk about poisonous plants, because there's a lot of it in North America, but actually it's kind of everywhere. It was known for its uses in ancient Greece as Mm. a means of execution. Mm. So its most famous victim was the philosopher, you know, Socrates. Socrates. Oh, I should know I gave that. you guys a second to like say it. Some of you said it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I guess he suffered the effects of the plant's most potent toxin, which is conine. Conine. I think that's how you say it. Cool. Okay. So even a small amount of conine, like six to eight leaves or even smaller doses of the seeds or roots, which usually is the case that the roots are like the worst part, mm-hmm. um, will usually do the deed. So it causes death by disrupting your body's neuromuscular junctions and so it results in what is known as ascending muscular paralysis so it causes paralysis and then you just stop breathing yeah so it typically starts in your legs and goes up your body until it reaches your respiratory muscles and then you know what happens no thank you so there's different kinds of hemlock so there's another one in the same also hemlock Mm. called secuta or water hemlock Mm. death of men like that one that's great or uh, poison parsnip yummy yep there's four species that belong to the genus and all of them are very poisonous mm-hmm. that they contain that compound called well secuta, but it's secutoxin. and it's a chemical that is most concentrated in the roots when the roots are just pulled out of the ground there a lot of people think it's a parsnip oh and that you can like put it in your salad Yep. Put it in your salad or soup or whatever. It's delicious. So eating the plant is also bad and it's uh, like any other part of it, but you mm-hmm. have to eat more of it. Um, and it's a neurotoxin and it overstimulates the central nervous system. You have like nausea, abdominal pain, the respiratory issues, kidney failure, irregular heartbeat, tremor, seizures, and death. Ooh. Yep. Does it do the
0: same thing as the other hemlock where it like paralyzes you? Not quite the same. Like you'd have to eat like a lot of the water. Hemat. It does.
1: It does. I think it still has that paralyzing Quality. factor. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. Creepy. There's something super, super creepy. So they say that it's known to lead to death in, cat, in cattle in as little as 15 minutes. Yeah, so I cow? think Yeah. I think, I mean, and there's some other things with cattle we're going to talk about with plants because obviously they graze around. So I think now a lot of cattle people... ranchers they don't let they know they kind of know what areas to avoid and these are usually near rivers right lakes like near bodies of water you know so you're grazing on your own land you can go around and look for these things and make sure you they're not there you get rid of them so in washington state there was a person that died in 1999 and another in 2010 after eating the poison hemlock and so they said that they you know these foragers thought it was this wild carrot also known as queen anne's lace oh
0: i love queen anne's lace that's right i'm like they're right. in the same you're family all, you're all remembering now huh yeah they're in the same family as uh what is it queen anne's lace and there's something else parsley parsnip
1: eat. sweet cell uh this says sisley but i heard somebody i don't know what was celery, celery? sisley mm-hmm. um anise fennel wild cher- uh chervil anise. and caraway as well as other plants and parsley or carrot family right yeah But this one, it looks like it. So they say the telltale characteristics for those of you who are out there and like to just eat stuff. I never eat anything I find because I know zero. (laughs) So I'm like, nope. Yeah, I'll just eat my granola bar or whatever. So the characteristics you can look for are purple spots on a smooth, hairless, hollow stem. Hmm. It's two to 12 feet tall. And there's like a musty smell that they say smells like mouse urine. Okay. (laughs) You got that, and so the difference um, I, when you're looking at that wild carrot or Queen Anne's lace. Just mm-hmm. remember, they say the the queen has hairy legs. Yeah. So when you look at the stem, you'll see those hairy like little yeah, little pieces little on it. Yeah. That's the one that's okay. If it's smooth, don't you do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't eat it. In France, in June of 2019, a 63 year old man died after eating water hemlock, mm-hmm. which is also known as water dropwort. After confusing it with root parsley that he grew and picked out of his own garden. Oh no. Yeah. So between 2012 and 2019, the poison control centers in France recorded 15 other cases where water hemlock was confused with an edible plant. I found a lot of articles about France being like, listen, stop eating all the things you're finding <laughs> out there. Don't do it because a lot of people are getting sick from mushrooms, and we're not going to talk about mushrooms today. Oh, okay, because we're talking about plants. Plants, not yes. fungi.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, fungi, fungi, fungi. That's whatever. another episode. <laughs> That's a whole another episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Maybe people it was like the explosion of we're gonna we're gonna make our own food. Yeah. Kind of thing because I, I mean trying to be
1: like super like culinary. Yeah. Like chefs that Looking just go pick their own things truffles and, and stuff um oh yeah that's another episode too
0: yeah well and also <laughs> i think that with the advent of the tiktok especially in 2020 there are a lot of foragers yeah who are on tiktok uh-huh. who are really great at what they do uh-huh. but i worry for them all the time
1: yeah i would after yeah. you hear this episode you're gonna worry so here's the creepiest most creepy thing ever 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 mm-hmm. so there was a lot of articles about hemlock water dropwort leaving a frozen death smile on the person's face. Come on, Jen. So Why do you tell me
0: these things? That's so creepy. I guess like
1: forever ago, it grows wild across the island of Sardinia hmm. and it was used in their ancient death rituals, possibly coining a sardonic smile, which was... I get it now. They found it with, um, I guess it was an article about how the Greek poet Homer
2: mm-hmm.
1: was the first to make the written reference to a sardonic smile, and then later, this phrase is, you know, we keep using that phrase, but they're thinking it came from that Sardinia and those death rituals. So it was also used in pre-Roman times for ritual killing of old people who become a burden to society. I mean, come on. People are just so, is it, that's just so rude. But I mean, maybe it was like
0: an assisted unaliving. Yourself. And then
1: they die and they're smiling. So like, see, it was fine. Oh, they yeah. loved it. According Something. to the ancient historians, elderly people, unable to support themselves, were intoxicated with the herb and then killed by being dropped from a high rock or being beaten. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, that's like that movie. I was just
0: talking to my brother about it. The the um, I think it's in Norway. Is it Norway or Sweden? It's that horror movie where that girl goes and they all trip on acid and then the old people of the village sacrifice themselves. Oh, my God. Uh, what what! have you seen this movie no. oh it's so crazy Ew. right now there are people screaming definitely cats like oh my god how do you not remember the name of this movie yeah, yeah it's uh geez i can't remember anyway it's really good
1: so this plant is found like this particular one is found in europe north africa and parts of asia and it really like it resembles parsley mm-hmm. but here's the other thing let's talk about batman and the joker now, do you remember that he used some sort of like a chemical agent? The Joker? The Joker to put it out so people would die with that smile on their face. Oh, yeah. The, you're talking about the one... In like 1989, like the whole With old, Jack Nicholson. Well, yeah. Yes. Do you remember? Yes. There you go. That's this. Oh. Uh-huh. Creepy, creepy, huh? Super creepy. Anyway, I looked up... There were pictures of people, like real... People that had died with that, that. No. and it is super creepy. I didn't save any, but I did. Okay, I did. I do have one that's just like a mask, like a carved mask that somebody made with a smile on it, it's supposed to be from from that. So you can look at that. So number nine, yay! Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> this is so fun. Traumatizing. Number nine is the oleander.
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen that movie, White Oleander.
1: Yeah. So this is a shrub, and it's one of the most dangerous shrubs just a bad shrub <laughs> which is weird because it's all over the place like people like to decorate with it they're like it's yeah, so pretty it's very popular and so you'll see it at parks schools backyards
0: it's just don't we have like a yellow oleander here in guam i don't
1: know if it's like, introduced or something i swear there is one probably though. there's all so many introduced plants here i forgot That's to ask true. my husband about that one but although it's pretty Mm-hmm. You guys don't go chew on it, please. <laughs> the leaves, the flowers, it's all has this chemical, can, it contains chemicals known as a cardiac gly, glycosides. Sorry, I should like know that word. Glycosides. And I guess if you use it in the right dose, it's therapeutic, but it can put you into cardiac arrest if you ingest it like, just like nom, 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 nom. You don't want to do that. Right. This is first described by this is kind of funny pliny the elder in ancient rome you know old pliny that guy that guy so he was like it's a beautiful plant with beautiful flowers and it's like an ornamental and it's like all over but it's deadly it contains lethal <laughs> cardiac glycosides so basically it was, it was a long time ago they knew and they knew that if eaten it caused vomiting diarrhea erratic pulse seizures coma and death they say that the toxins are so strong that people have become ill after eating honey made by bees that use like visit those flowers.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. So
1: I guess for fatalities from oleander poisoning are pretty rare mm-hmm. because it's very bitter. And it like people don't that's not something they would choose to eat. So spit it out. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's gross.
0: But I will say I would totally read a, like a crime novel about a beekeeper who just has like a huge plot of oleander. I feel like somebody
1: would be onto that. They'd be like, wait a minute.
0: (laughs) Why do you have a big field of oleander (laughs) with your bees? Listen, I'm just using it as a windbreak at my farm. Yeah. It's fine.
1: So I guess that there's very low, uh, the human mortality associated with oleander, ingestion is very low, even in cases of moderate or intentional consumption, like people trying to get sick from it. Right. But in 2000, there was this rare, this is really sad, Mm. rare instance of death um, when two toddlers that were adopted from a Siberian orphanage, and this was in California, so Los Angeles County, they ate the leaves from a neighbor's shrub. The coroner's office stated that it was the first instance of death connected to Oleander in the county. Mm. And the toxicologist from the California Poison Control Center said it was the first instance of a death that he had seen recorded. And because it's very bitter and that they speculated that the toddlers had developed a a condition caused by malnutrition called PICA. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Where you want to eat like dirt and weird things. I think it
0: can be, yeah, like either people who are like intentionally not feeding their children, but Mm -hmm. also it can be like a thing that someone will do because they have uh, they're like their body doesn't process things the same way
1: when you're malnourished and also <clears throat> it's actually, actually something that can happen to people who are anemic or have oh, right. low, low iron in their blood yeah they can tend to crave they say ice dirt like things that you normally like Don't, ice I get yeah. it but but dirt and other things yeah yeah also oleander is the this is also kind of like hmm, it's the official flower of the city of Hiroshima because it was the first to bloom following the atomic bombing of the city in 1945. That's kind of sad. It's yeah, it's kind of creepy too that it's a poisonous. I don't know. Are all varieties of oleander poisonous? I think so. Okay. So the White Oleander movie, yeah, from 2002, Michelle was Parker's adapted. Yep, yeah, adapted from the Janet Fitch's 1999 novel, and it was uh, selected for Oprah's Book Club.
0: I will say that that movie is really good.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. I kind of barely remember it from a long time ago, but mm-hmm. I know that Michelle Pfeiffer, the mom, mm-hmm. killed her boyfriend or husband by giving, like, putting White oleander in the food. Yeah. So interesting. And then it spiraled from there with the daughter. <laughs> Let me just tell everybody listening, don't get any ideas from this. <laughs> I'm not trying to share this for ideas. <clears throat> it's really, you know, I'm just, I'm, I want to share this because I know a lot of people that listen are hikers. Mm -hmm. There are people out there like, oh, let's try these edible plants. So mostly I just want you to get from this, like, don't eat these things. Right. Double check the stems. Be very careful. Like be, or just don't do it at all. Yeah. And when you're out, if you feel like you want to try to eat some edible, but you know, you know, oh, I know that this one Mm -hmm. is fine. Just have that activated charcoal with you. Yeah, just in case. Watch your kids. Make sure they're not going and like trying to eat some crazy berries.
0: So when we were in Pennsylvania visiting my sister, mm-hmm. there are wild, she called them black raspberries and we ate them. Mm-hmm. And the only reason is because my sister is like insane into botany. And so she oh. knows all of them. Yeah, she's, they, I mean... That's cool. She cans all of her food, like all this. They're very much like that. Oh, that's cool. And so she knows everything about everything. And I was like, if you were any other person. Yeah. I would not be eating this right now.
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: And the only thing that I remember ever eating when I lived in Georgia was like, if I were out in the woods hiking and there was muscadine. Mm -hmm. It's like the only thing I remembered what it looked like. And I mean, I don't remember anymore. I wouldn't do it now. Right. But at the time I was like, oh, yeah, I know what that is.
1: Yeah. So basically this whole episode is just be careful. Yeah. What you eat. Double check. But don't get any crazy ideas. Number eight. Let's hear it. Now we're going to talk about Wolfsbane. Oh. Which is cool. Also known as Devil's Helmet. Mm-hmm. Also known as Monk's Hood. And I think the scientific name is acontin- Aconitum. There we go. Aconitum.
0: Okay. Um, I know all about Wolfsbane because I've seen basically every werewolf movie and show that's out there.
1: That's amazing. Night. Uh uh, And you saw every episode of Supernatural. For sure. Okay, so poisonous properties of this plant have been known for generations for throughout history, Mm -hmm. apparently. So several species of plant have long been used in preparing poison tip arrows for purposes of hunting and warfare. In humans, accidental ingestion can be fatal. The plant contains appropriately named... Aconitine neuro- neurotoxins and cardiotoxins, mm. which lead to gastrointestinal complications, motor weakness, and heart and lung paralysis. Here we go with the ancient Greeks because they had all the things. They're just like killing people left and right. They actually hunted wolves by poisoning their bait with the plant. So that's why it got that common name. Oh, that's so wolf's sad. Bane. Mm-hmm. It's the bane of the wolves. So also used in Alaska for harpooning whales. Oh. They would put it on the like poisonous arrows. So imagine that it could like oh, no. incapacitate a whale. Right. That's crazy. It's usually the drug is fast acting. It usually causes death within a couple of hours after being consumed by stopping the heart. So it's also been familiar in the plot of many horror movies. It has. Television shows and novels in Harry Potter series, Remus. Yeah, who's the werewolf, the tormented Mm -hmm. werewolf. He drinks a potion of Wolfsbane carefully concocted to control his transformations. Mm -hmm, There mm -hmm. you go. Um, And as early as the Dracula in 1931, Wolfsbane uh, casually replaced garlic as a repellent for vampires. In Greek myth, Wolfsbane originated from the toxic slobber (laughs) of the three headed dog. Remember three headed dog service that was like that guarded the gates of hell.
0: And also the trapdoor at Harry Potter's uh, at the it's, it's yeah,
1: thing. Harry yeah. Potter. Um in the Dark Ages, Wolfsbane was said to be used by witches and spells and potions and was one of the several ingredients for an ointment that when applied to a broom could facilitate flight. Excellent. Uh, that's like a whole thing right there, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. I feel like anyway,
0: well I won't I won't go there. I feel like I want to grow some now just to see if I can fly on a broom.
1: <laughs> right. Because you know they would put it on the, the broom, and then they would sit on it. What? And it would. Oh,
0: like the handle.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stories. It would
0: absorb in the lady parts. And I feel like a Sorry. lot of men
1: made these stories just to be rude.
0: Just to be rude. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it too, it's like a lot of ladies did a lot of gardening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they automatically are you just automatically a witch because you like know a lot about plants?
1: Yeah, your sister would be a witch because she knows a lot about botany. There you go. There's also stories that proclaim that a sorceress who carried wolfsbane seeds wrapped in lizard skin could become invisible and witches who applied the poisonous sap to their flints and launched them at unsuspecting enemies. Flints.
0: Oh, like if you're going to
1: like a flaming arrow? or something. I don't know. Just like some old timey stuff here. That's great. Whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so I guess here it is. Wolfsbane is creepy and it's fatal and also can make you fly on your broom. Great in the Middle Ages, where wolves and werewolves were genuine a real fear to people in right. Europe, mm-hmm. they would use like these people would turn to growing wolfsbane for their protection, like a superstitious type thing. Mm-hmm. So they, I guess, if they grew it, they were they would think that the plant would repel werewolves from around their house. Okay, or that they would be tamed by it. I mean, I do that for mosquitoes, right? What do you what What do you grow?
0: I can't remember what it is. Is it basil or lavender? One of them rosemary oh maybe it's rosemary I think it's rosemary oh yeah you're right that's what i used to have outside yeah sorry i killed mine it already, mine so. died too
1: so others believe that having contact with wolfsbane on a full moon could actually cause you to turn into a werewolf so there's that too score patients who suffered from the delusion of being a wolf were prescribed because I guess that happened a lot. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm a wolf. <laughs> they were prescribed regular and often lethal <laughs> doses of wolf oh, no. by their media, medieval no. doctors. They're like, just <laughs> take this. They're like, he's crazy. Just it's, give him a lot. This is why mental
0: health care needs to be better.
1: <laughs> we're glad it's much better. Than, yeah. Because Back then, they would just give you some poison plants and throw you off a cliff. God. That's pretty much Um, For gardeners, it's always important to remember to wear gloves when you're handling a deadly plant such as wolfsbane. Please, (laughs) please remember that. Yeah. Uh, There was an article in this French newspaper called The Connexion. Mm. There's actually like an X.
0: La Connexion?
1: No, the. The? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It was in from June of 2018 that a hiker died of mistaking wolfsbane for an edible plant. Here we are in France again. There's a pattern. There's There's a a pattern, yeah. And they're like, authorities urge people to check forage plants, that the forage plants are safe to eat, and they're on a list of things you can eat before it happens again. They were in the French mountains. So there was a 78-year-old hiker who died pretty quickly, Mm. and his 75-year-old walking companion went to the hospital after they ate the leaves of a poisonous plant of the wolf's vein that they collected um, while they're in the mountains of the Pyrenees orientales that sounds right that okay means, yeah. um so they picked some wolf they thought it was this other plant known as couscous. i don't think i'm saying that right but it's often used as an ingredient in salads and omelets so the 78 year old like i said he uh passed away shortly after eating this meal made with the leaves but his friend went to the hospital and was okay there was another person that they're like here it was a 32 year old hiker they're like these. we found this this is great so it gave some to that person, but they were taken to the hospital. But they didn't have it; like maybe they didn't eat it enough oh, or any right, of it. Right. Um, she, and then she, later, at the a full moon, turned into a werewolf.
0: <laughs> they were like just a couple bites, and then kind of looking and like eh, just throwing it behind them, putting it in the napkin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like that's great, really good sharing with mm-hmm. me.
0: Don't share your food, you guys.
1: I'm Don't share it. It's like especially when you're picking like random stuff that you're not. That sounds know. so... But I'm 78. I've, I'm pretty sure they were like, this is... Well, yeah, okay. Maybe their eyes aren't as I'm good I'm not going to lie that like I if know.
0: I were out hiking, you know, and there, it's like mealtime and I come across some older folks who like look like they know what's up. Yeah. And they're like, we just made this delici- delicious salad from these leaves that we foraged. I'd be like, you guys are amazing. Hashtag goals. Let's have a salad together. And yeah. then the alternative to uh werewolves werewolves later yeah that's cool
1: there's a movie right there <laughs> definitely all right number seven let's hear it white snake root so this one is the scientific name is agarotina altissima that's great thank you well i'm just gonna call it white snake root from now on altissima altissima white snake root is so potent that just drinking the milk or eating the meat of a cow that's ingested it. Did I freak you out for a minute because I thought it made milk? Ingesting the plant that has, like if a cow eats it and you mm-hmm. eat the meat or drink the milk, it can make you super sick or you can die.
0: Is the cow okay? That would be, off. wait, it would be so awful. If, I feel like, like
1: it, the cow is okay.
0: It would be, not, it, you know, like if the cow eats it, nothing happens to the cow, but mm-hmm. it it targets you.
1: Yes. So it contains a toxin called trematol, which when ingested by humans can lead to trembling, vomiting, and serious intestinal troubles. Mm. Um, It's an illness brought on by secondary, because through the cow eating it, trematol ingestion, which was so widespread in the early 19th century, it became known as milk sickness.
0: Oh, like maybe the cow breaks it down enough for you to be able to...
1: yeah. Oh, I got it. So it was estimated to be responsible for thousands of deaths at that time, Jeez. including the death of Abraham Lincoln's mother, Nancy Hanks Lincoln, who died of it in 1818. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this milk sickness, because I feel like if you lived mm-hmm. back then, you would have died from it because you drink a lot of milk. <laughs> drink a lot.
0: You guys don't judge me, OK? <laughs> I don't know why.
1: I just love it so
0: much. You can't help <laughs> it.
1: So milk sickness was... Um, Kind of suspected there were as early as in the early 19th century as migrants moved into the Midwest, which are those people who talked about it. You guys know they first settled areas bordering the Ohio River and its tributaries, which was their main transportation routes. They often graze cattle and in frontier areas where white snake root grows. Mm -hmm. So and its properties. So and it's not found on the East Coast at all. So it was only like in the Midwest areas.
0: You know, some tribes are planting it.
1: Oh, for sure. Just like... Go into the whole history of it here yeah, because yeah. it's really interesting. And it's also like a women in science type thing. Oh. And indigenous women. Being smart. Like, it's like some ethnobotany right here. All right. And yeah, there was such a high rate of fatalities from people drinking the milk that it made people like think it was cholera or yellow fever. And they weren't under, like they had no clue what was going on. They're like, a bunch of people are dying. What's happening? Because cattle actually don't graze on the plant unless there's nothing else available. Mm. So when the pastures dried up during times of drought, the cattles would move on into the woods and eventually end up in the habitat where you would find this white snake root. Mm -hmm. And so early settlers, like most of the time, just let their cattle go wherever. Right. Because, yeah, back then. So it was first described, this milk sickness was first described in writing. It was documented in 1809 when Dr. Thomas Barby of Bourbon County, Kentucky, detailed the symptoms. And he called it, described it as the trembles, the slows, <laughs> or the illnesses under which man turns sick and his domestic animals tremble. So oh. they're affected by it, but maybe they don't
0: die from, die it. from it. They're just trembling.
1: Yeah. So they said back then the fatality and he documented the fatality rate was so high that sometimes half the people in the frontier settlement would die from milk. sick Half the people would die from this milk sickness because they love some milk. So doctors back then would try like the bloodletting, you know, I mean, that's all they that's all they had going for them, but it, because it obviously didn't work. And so there were also cases found in Ohio, of course, Kentucky, Tennessee, Indiana and Illinois. Um, and it was pretty bad, like the worst was Kentucky, along the banks of this Green River. And they say on January 29, 1830, the Kentucky General Assembly offered a $600 reward to anyone discovering the cause of it. Uh, A lot of scientists tried to determine that, but they didn't. The farmers found out that only clearing the riverbanks and grazing cattle on tended fields ended the milk sickness mm. so they were kind of getting there they're like wait a second okay this has something to do with what they're eating but we don't know what it is right right
0: they were like is it correlation causation what's happening here? what's happening we're not, sure. we're not sure
1: they're trying there's mm-hmm. a lot of hypotheses being thrown around can you imagine like the farmers <laughs> hypothesizing back then i love it the american medical science did not officially identify the cause of milk sickness as the trematol of the white snake root plant Until 1928. Wow. That's because they had advanced enough in biochemistry to be able to like do the analysis. Right. But actually, Dr. Anna Pierce Hobbs, who was born in 1808 and died in 1869 from Illinois, is credited in the 21st century as the first person to actually learn the cause of the illness back in the 1830s. So it was like 100 years later. until they verified it. But they knew she was the one that and let me tell you how she did it. Let me go into her story just for a second, just real quick. Okay. so she actually migrated as a girl to Illinois country with her parents. She went back to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Maybe that's where she was from to study medicine. Her studies included nurse nursing, midwifery and dental extraction, which was basically all that women could study back then in medicine. That's all you're allowed to study Mm. as a woman back then. Just pulling teeth. Pulling teeth, or make, uh, helping people have babies, or being a nurse—that was it. Um, so she went back to Southern Illinois, and she was practicing and also worked as a teacher. So practicing medicine, working as a teacher, because she's doing all the things. She was known as Dr. Anna. Okay, good old Dr. A. She did she wait? It kind of reminds me of isn't there that the show I've never watched a single episode? Of the yeah. Medicine Woman. What's that? Uh, uh, that? With what Dr. Type?
0: Quinn, Medicine Woman. Yes. I also have never seen it because it was too, like, stylized it was too it was era like, It something? was
1: like my mom's thing.
0: Like, I don't like to watch... It was Jane Seymour, right? Yes, Jane Seymour. I don't like to watch shows that are, like, period pieces, but everybody's really clean. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I like a little bit of grit. Uh,
1: like, yeah.
0: let's make it real.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: Yeah. I want to be able to smell them.
1: Well, I'm watching the TV. <laughs> so she when she went back dr anna she married this guy isaac hobbs and, and he was the son of a neighboring farmer and so because maybe she's in that area she heard about she knew about with the milk sickness because it broke out in the area and so she started to study the characteristics of the illness and like started writing down everything that she could find out And she was figuring out that it occurred seasonally, beginning in the summer and continuing until the first frost. Mm. So it was more prominent in cattle than in other animals. And she thought it might be due to, of course, the plant that the cattle were eating. Mm -hmm. So story has it that uh, while she was following the cattle in search of the cause, she came upon an elderly Shawnee woman who she became friends with. And they kept they were having these conversations and she was telling her what, you know, like what was going on. And the shiny woman told her that the white steak root plant caused milk sickness in humans. She's like, I've known this all along because <laughs> you guys are stupid. Right. But I like you. So I'll tell you.
0: I love it so much. <laughs> it's awful that people died. And yeah, you know, totally. But also I there's something. No one really... ever stopped
1: to ask. Right. The indigenous people who freaking have been there for thousands and thousands of years.
0: And are like, hey, don't ever let your animals eat this plant. Some farm, they probably told some farmer, like, you should watch out for this plant. He was like, cool, cool, cool.
1: They just, they just never asked. I love
0: that it's also two women who spoke to each other.
1: Yeah, because they're, like, smart and... Yeah. Yeah, anyway. That's amazing. So... She tested this by feeding the plant to a calf and observed the poisonous properties when the animal, that animal actually died Mm -hmm. because it was a, I guess maybe because it was a calf. Too young. Yeah. Um, She fed, she fed other plants to the calves and they survived with that evidence. You know, she went back to the community to, she told them, you got to do You got to get rid of this plant on Mm -hmm. your settlement. Like it's bad news. So although she got, had all this valuable information from the Shawnee woman that, what, i it's just the way you're saying it i'm like nobody believed her (laughs) sorry go on totally and she did additional studies to demonstrate the proof of it um by her death in 1869 she received no official credit in the medical community for writing about milk sickness and unfortunately i mean now she did much later yeah and unfortunately, no one ever had the name or identity of the Shawnee woman who actually mm. was the one who <laughs> like knew all the things. She yeah. She knew all the things. I wonder how that questionnaire, like when she went around trying to figure
0: out, like when she started her investigation, did she mm. go from like house to house? And she was like, OK, how many how many pints of milk do you drink a day? Right. How much milk do you drink every day?
1: <laughs> right. I would love to see that information. The survey. Just the, the survey. Yeah, that happened. And then she went out and was just like looking around at plants, mm-hmm. and ran into this woman who was like, "Yeah, that's it's this one."
0: That Shawnee woman was yeah. actually
1: just planting them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's she like, "Oh, you mean this plant? <laughs> I just happen
1: to be holding one right
0: now. I I just found it. That's so um, crazy, right? By the way, it does these things.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so great. pretty interesting. Number six. All right." brugmansia brugmansia it sounds great also known as angel's trumpet oh because
0: that you're going to play the trumpet the angel's trumpet and you're going to heaven basically your transition
1: to the to the next world world so this plant um angel's trumpet is flowering and can be found in a variety of tropical locations throughout the world but are native to tropical regions of south america it gets its name from the angel trumpet's name from the dangling You'll see it. There's like a dangling trumpet-shaped flower Mm -hmm. hanging from the tree. They look really pretty and they're in all these beautiful colors, yellow, orange, pink, white. But all parts of the plant contain toxins like tropane alkaloids and atropine. So it's known to be used as a hallucinogenic drug that induces a powerful trance and is often accompanied by violent, sickening aftereffects that border on insanity.
0: But do they last like forever? Like, could you... Uh, it lasts could you, a like, long time. Could you trip on this plant and then...
1: Yeah, but it's not a plant you'd want
0: to trip on. Got it. It's a bad, it's a bad trip. I have seen this plant before. I just looked up the picture of yeah.
1: it. I've seen it. So it was described Very in the cool. Journal of Pathology as terrifying rather than pleasurable. Oh. The author Christine Pratt in an encyclopedia of shamanism says that Brugmansia, it induces a powerful trance with a violent and unpleasant effects, sickening after effects, and at times temporary insanity. The hallucinations are characterized by complete loss of awareness that one is hallucinating, disconnection from reality or like psychosis, and amnesia of the episodes. So yeah, no clue. Oh no, that
0: is like a personal nightmare for me that one day I will actually have some kind of episode and I won't know about it, but everybody will know about it.
1: It's an, yeah, it's like a nightmare scenario. And this is even worse. There was an example reported in the European archives of psychiatry and clinical neuroscience of a young man who amputated his own penis and tongue after drinking only one cup of this tea made with this plant. You guys don't go anywhere near this
0: plant. I will say something and it is that the flowers are really pretty. It is. They're kind of cre- a little bit creepy looking, a little bit gothic, but like pretty.
1: It's super creepy. So also from this plant awesome. is um, scopolamine, which has been known to be used by scammers in countries. This is the most scary thing to me. Oh, my God. In mm-hmm. countries to take advantage of tourists by turning them into unwitting zombies that empty out their bank accounts and have no recollection of the events. And it's usually applied by blowing it in the victim's face. Please tell me there is a movie about this. There has to be.
0: That is insane. Please. I don't ever want... (laughs) What countries? (laughs) I'm
1: not traveling anymore. (laughs) It just says, like, some countries. I don't know. We'll have to look that
0: up. You just, like, wake up in a jail.
1: Listen to this one. There's some like a long time ago and some, I guess a long (laughs) time ago, in some South American cultures, they've used this um, Brugmansia. Brugmansia? Mm -hmm.
0: I think you're doing good. Brugmansia
1: (laughs) species as a treatment for unruly children.
0: No. So they might
1: be admonished directly by their ancestors in the spirit world. Like basically giving them like this hallucinogenic drug, so they go through a terrible trip and they'll be like, See what happened? See what happened when you don't listen? <laughs> but do they remember? Like, what if we did that today? Well, like, I can't get my teenager to listen. I'm just going to give them this just horrific gonna, hallucinogenic drug. I'm just going to dose
0: their seven up. I mean, that, that's wow. Parenting hashtag parenting. Hashtag what bad parenting is happening there. I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't sound amazing because you want your kid to like behave sometimes uh-huh. and you're just tired. You're just tired of telling the same thing over and over again. But also, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't even consider it. I'm. I, it's like I'm not considering it. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, <laughs> like I A th- thousand years ago, I could I, probably see it. I get it. Yeah. They're like, hey,
1: this plant helps you control your kids. Just, you know.
0: But now we know better.
1: But it was OK back then. Not OK now. Was it this favorite okay also then? this not. is also another one. This is very like, Vikings esque, but mm. I guess in the same in South America they they mixed it with maize beer and tobacco leaves. Oh, um, and they used it to drug wives and slaves before they were buried alive with their dead lord or husband or. Whatever.
0: I'm glad that that practice has. I assume for the most part ended across the world where yeah. we're not like throwing ourselves on a pyre or like having to also get buried in the tomb or I mean, whatever. I
1: feel like, you know, the way they portray it in the Viking days, like it was an honor. But I'm like, oh,
0: was it? I, I think they're just that. saying that. No, yeah. like, no, no. that was like some that's why it doesn't
1: happen anymore because people were like no
0: no, that's not an honor it's not cool let me honor you
1: by living out my life (laughs) yes exactly let me just cherish the memories okay in 1994 much more recent in florida no in florida man 112 people were admitted to hospitals after ingesting burgmaidia leading to one municipality to prohibit the purchase sale or cultivation of the plants So the concentration of alkaloids in all parts of the plant, you know, they're they're different, right? Mm -hmm. But they and it even varies like seasonally, Mm -hmm. I guess, like with the level of hydration in the plant. Um, So it's really hard to determine what's a safe level of exposure. So they're like, just get rid of them.
0: How did all of those? Did they have like a music festival? (laughs) <laughs> like what? There was some sort of palooza. Were they Brugmansia <laughs> palooza? What were they doing? I don't know. That I feel like so many people. Got. Maybe
1: something. Well, what year was that? Ninety-four. So there was no TikTok or anything like that. That
0: definitely sounds like a music festival. Something situation. Just a lot of puka show necklaces. <laughs> just yeah.
1: Yeah, they're like try this. It's amazing. It's just this t- <laughs> It's just a really poor place. Like I heard you um, in twenty twenty two. No. Well, there was a woman in her fifties who went to the emergency room with blurred vision and her eyes were dilated differently. Like one was big and dilated and one wasn't. Ooh. So they were trying to go through her history of what happened and there was no, there were no other symptoms. But what they found out is that she'd been pruning plants in her garden when it started. So they asked her, can you, do you have some pictures of your garden? And she's like, hell yeah, I do on my phone she's just like swiping she's swipe, like swipe, at all swipe, of that There's there. this one yeah. and they saw in there the angel's trumpet and they were like oh so apparently she had pruned and then she rubbed her eye <laughs> i knew it just one eye right yes so she was only like slightly tripping she just tripped a tiny bit but just note to self if you have these are you you know have work in a garden or have a garden with these just be careful I want to do, this isn't on my list, but because it falls in the same line of things, I want to do a quick honorable mention to mm-hmm. another one called the Tura stramonium. It's also known as jimson weed. Oh, yeah. We all know that. Or devil's snare or devil's trumpet. It's also a flowering plant in the nightshade family. They think it came from Central America and was introduced like all over the place. Also has hallucinogenic properties, grows naturally in warm areas around the world. Mm. Mm -hmm. Along, mostly along riverbanks and the toxic substances that, substances, Mm -hmm. the toxic substances that characterize it are the tropical alkaloids, same, same as the other one. Right. Scopolamine and atropine. And it can, in high doses, it can cause aggressive behavior, coma and death oh so this one the reason i want to talk about it is because it's associated with voodoo and witchcraft Mm -hmm. because shamans used it to smoke um used to smoke its leaves along with tobacco to enter like a trance a small dose of four or five grams of leaves is enough to kill a small human like a child oh geez um in the u.s it's called we know it as jimson weed Mm -hmm. also known as Jamestown weed, oh, which we talked about Jamestown. Yeah. So this is where the English soldiers were staying. It was like not a good situation.
0: It was like a, it was like a bog.
1: And we didn't know, I don't remember Mm -hmm. knowing about this, but I guess a bunch of them consumed this uh, jimson weed, Mm -hmm. probably because the Native Americans like planted it all around. (laughs) They're like, try this one. It's really good. You'll love it. Just put it on your salad. They spent 11 days in, like, a hallucinogenic, like, tr- like trance. Yeah. So I'm going to read what they wrote because it's kind of funny and whatever. They all <laughs> live. So the Jamie, well. Well, they're not alive now. But. Not now, but. So I'm going to read this straight from what was written. So it's, like, weird o- English. Old-timey language. Yeah. So this being an early plant was gathered very young for a boiled salad by some of the soldiers sent thither, thither, <laughs> to quell the rebellion of bacon in 1676 and like Sir Francis, I think so. And some of them ate plentifully of it, the effect of which was very pleasant comedy, for they turned natural fools upon it for several days. One would blow up a feather in the air, another would dart straws at it with much fury. another, stark naked, was sitting up in the corner like a monkey, grinning and making mo- grimaces at them. A fourth would fondly kiss and paw his companions. And sneer and sneered their faces with accountants more antic than any in a Dutch doll. What? I don't like that they put Dutch doll in there. That sounds dirty. It's gross. In this frantic condition, they were confined lest they should, in their folly, destroy themselves. so it was observed that all of their actions were full of innocence and good nature. Indeed, they were not very cleanly, for they would have wallowed in their own excrements if they had not been prevented. Wow! A thousand such simple tricks they played, and after eleven days, returned themselves again, not remembering anything that had passed. They
0: remembered that. Um, that sounds like fun. It's just like a lot of fun.
1: (laughs) So, in the Americas, indigenous people such as the Aztecs, Navajo, Cherokee, to name a few, Mm -hmm. um, and other indigenous peoples use the plant or similar species in sacred ceremonies for its hallucinogenic properties. Sounds about right. Jimson weed also had a reputation for its magical uses in various cultures throughout history. Also, and I brought this movie up before, it's Serpent in the Rainbow. It was called, remember Serpent in the Rainbow about the zombies? He goes to Haiti and they turn people into zombies. Oh,
0: right. You told me about that. Yes. Yeah.
1: It was called Zombie Cucumber in Haiti and a central ingredient of the concoction voodoo priests use to create zombies. Oh, I don't like it. In European witchcraft, it was also a common ingredient used for making witches' fine (laughs) ointment. There you go. Along with other poisonous plants of the nightshade family.
0: So I know, the only thing I know about Jimson weed is that it's in that song by Gene Autry, Back in the Saddle Again.
1: Oh. Back in the saddle again. They talk about it.
0: Out where a friend is a friend. Uh Uh-huh. Where the longhorn cattle feed on the lowly Jimson weed. Oh. Yeah. And I only really know that song because it was in the Sleepless in Seattle soundtrack. My mom was obsessed. That's crazy. Interesting.
1: So a long time ago, like when everybody was like accusing women of being witches. Yeah. Um, it was really bad. You didn't want to grow that plant in your garden. Because <laughs> it would be like, which you're definitely going to get going to get burned. Moving on. Number five, Belladonna. Oh,
0: um, I feel like I know a lot of these just from movies because practical magic had belladonna in
1: it. Uh-huh. It's like a very witchy one. Yeah. Old it's it's considered an old world poisonous plant, mm-hmm. but it's a very nice shrub native to Europe and North America, West Asia. It's one of the best known poisonous plants from ancient Egypt and the Middle Ages up until now. Um, and they say that the ancient Egyptians are responsible for promoting its use as a powerful narcotic.
0: <gasps>
1: and Carl Linnaeus is the one who Obviously, he named everything, I think. Yeah, everything. Atropa belladonna. And it's a perennial herbaceous plant from the nightshade family. It's also called, could be called deadly nightshade. So that's another name for it.
0: You say Linnaeus, I say Linnaeus.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> there we go again. It's all good. We know that I pronounce everything incorrectly. Perfectly. It's my Oklahoma background. I can't help it. It's beautiful. Um. So... It's extremely deadly when ingested, particularly its foliage and its shiny black and apparently sweet tasting berries mm. that little kids are like, "Wow, well, look at this big shiny berry. Yeah, nice. that's the problem. The plant's genus name Atropa comes from Atropos is one of the three mori or the three fates in Greek mythology. Oh, yeah. Along with her sisters, Clotho and Lach- Lachesis. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not really good at Greek mythology. Atropos uh, and the fates controlled the destiny of every human. Clotho spun the thread of life. And the other sister that I can't say her name measured it. And Atropos, uh, whose name means inflexible, severed it, deciding for herself how each human would die and when. That's, um. I feel like, hits the nail on the head. Yep. So the species name, Belladonna, is Italian for beautiful woman. And the name may be a reference to a tonic made from the nightshade's berries that women would powder on their skin to create a bluish-like appearance. But it's also a reference to the Venetian women of the Renaissance who used eye drops made from the berries' juice that would dilate their pupils because they thought it made them look super sexy. Oh, now we have contacts for that. (laughs) So I guess they didn't know that it was going to make them blind later.
0: Oh, I would. Yeah. Uh, Were there effects of the makeup, too? I mean, there are so many bad things in old timey makeup. Can you
1: imagine just making your eyes dilate?
0: It's like you want to look like Puss in Boots, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of cute. It is cute. But this so making me think now. But you're gonna. I mean, if you ever get pulled over, it's over. I mean. Oh yeah. Like no, I'm not. It's well, just you can't really go outside drugs. in the sun either. Well, this is true.
1: So the compounds that give belladonna its toxicity are the again the tropane alkaloids atropine, uh, scopolamine, and another one hyosamine. <laughs> <laughs> Help me. The alkaloids act as anti. Cold.
0: you're really good at that
1: thank you so basically the alkaloids um are they target the nervous system causing mm-hmm. not only these dilated pupils but also increased heart rate vomiting sensitivity to light there you go delirium hallucinations and eventually convulsions coma and death
0: i mean this just all sounds like migraines that just sound, you know like Sometimes I wish I would die from a migraine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't ever say that. I'm sorry. So the hallucinations experienced by this are said to have drastically different properties than the ones that are experienced by serotonin releasing hallucinogens, which I guess are, are good ones. I the nicer
0: know. ones where you don't die. You're like just you like get from really like, That's the ones
1: you get from mushrooms or peyote or something. Right, right. So belladonna hallucinations, <laughs> on the other hand, they last for days at a time. They experience bizarre delirium memory, disruption, extreme confusion, and general discomfort and unpleasantness. Yay.
0: It's like they're all in the same spectrum, but you like mm-hmm. want to be over here on this other side.
1: A lot of people claim the experience, uh, the sensation of flying, and it's contributed to the myths of the witches flying ointment.
0: Oh, you know, I don't think I would ever want to do any kind of uh, hallucinogen that would like make me feel like I'm flying or make me want to fly. Right too many of those like after school specials where they're like so-and-so took this pill and then jumped out of a window because they thought they had wings yeah you know
1: yeah totally oh i'm super scared i never did any of this stuff i mean i only tried troops like back in college like a very little i never did (laughs) and it was okay but i'm not saying it's okay to do (laughs) drugs yeah just saying that's all i ever did it's all natural you know, again, with like the hemlock, wolfsbane, mandrake, all that stuff that they put in their witch's brew. This was just another one that possibly, and this is where it says, it's also possible that these women may have been applying the salves vaginally to treat gynecological ailments, this type of application, would also cause the body to experience these other sensations. Hallucin, yeah, hallucinations. Uh, in addition to this, it's also prevalent in popular culture. Belladonna is likely the poison used by the star-crossed lovers Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. And because the symptoms that Shakespeare described in his prose are very similar to the effects of nightshade, like her blood is settled and her joints are stiff. Yeah, she like went like she died, but she wasn't dead. Right, right, right. Life and these lips have long been separated. Death lies on her like an untimely frost upon the sweetest flower of all the field. Interesting.
0: So really, she was just having a really bad trip. She
1: was just tripping. And then and she wakes good, up and yeah.
0: Romeo is like taken poison and died. Yeah. That's the worst ending to a bad trip. Yeah. I mean, I get it now.
1: Yeah, there it is. So the Romans, obviously, use belladonna to um, contaminate their enemies' foods. Oh. macbeth of scotland used it to poison the liquor supply of the invading invading troops from england smart yeah roman emperor emperors claudius and augustus were both poisoned with belladonna by their wives their i wives mean like, i'm sick of you <laughs> um despite all that uh it's actually still utilized medicinally when used correctly so the atropine despite it's you know like it's toxic in high you know, large quantities, mm-hmm. but it's effective at regulating the heart rate and relaxing muscle spasms. And also it's still used today to dilate our eyes. Oh, like when, when go, you yeah. to go to the uh, optometrist mm-hmm. and then you
0: got to leave the bus driver glasses.
1: Yeah. Those big <laughs> wraparounds. <laughs> the wraparound.
0: Those giant. Glasses. I don't know why. <laughs> why they're yeah. bus driver glasses, but they're it was so like so great.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's still used today for that. Interesting. All right, next, number four. Getting there. Getting there. Abrus precatorius, also known as crab's eye or most commonly known as rosary pea. And they are here.
0: Oh, here in Guam? Are they, is it like a legume, like rosary pea? It's like a pea, yeah. A?
1: Yes, like a rosary pea, not like you pee (laughs) out something. Um, They're shiny scarlet red seeds with a black spot. So they look like ladybugs. Other like less common varieties can come as like white seeds with a black eye or a black seed with a white eye. They're native to Africa, Asia, Australia and the Pacific region, but have been introduced to other areas like Florida and Hawaii. Um, It's considered invasive in the U.S. And so the seeds are what's they're used a lot. And I have a picture of this in like ornamental bracelets, jewelry, children's toys outside of the U.S. and rosaries. Because they look like rosary beads. Right. So the whole plant contains a protein also known as a toxalbumin, also called abrin. It's considered highly toxic to humans. Abrin causes toxicity through cell death. And we know that's not good. Jeez. So despite its toxicity, parts of this plant have been used as home remedies, of course. The most cases of human exposure to this come from eating it the beans right so there's not a lot of information about um, how many beans need to be eating but a lot of people say it only takes one seed to be fatal jeez so symptoms typically begin a few hours after ingestion but can be delayed up to you know five days it includes nausea vomiting abdominal pain diarrhea that can worsen and become bloody they also experience a fast heart rate headache hallucinations Lethargy, seizures, fever, and organ failure. Just bad, 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 bad. Jeez, but you can have it in jewelry? Okay, so there's no added antidote. But the thing is, is even though it's really like fatal, mm-hmm. as long as it's not pierced, okay, you won't die from it.
0: So don't ever crush the rosary beads.
1: Yeah, so a lot of times people making the jewelry, if they accidentally like break it and poke themselves somehow, then they die. Jeez. So you could actually swallow the seed whole. And then just like poo it out. As long as it never breaks down or the skin, you, you can, it's fine. So you're really like, it's very like, you're taking a huge risk on that one. Yeah. Like just, I don't need that jewelry. I'm good. Mm-mm. Just, so if you're traveling somewhere and you see something that looks like that, just remember that I warned you about it. Don't do it. Don't buy it. Don't get it. Or just put it in some sort of container and leave it and don't touch it. Yeah. So you just don't know what can happen. All right. Number three, I'm going to talk about hippomane manzanella, also known as the manzanilla or manzilla de la muerte, which is the little <laughs> apple of death. I was going to say something of death. The chamomile of death tree or tree of death is native to Mesoamerica and the islands of the Caribbean Sea.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: gets really tall. It can be 20 meters high. Oh, wow. And it's very toxic. Its fruit has this like really nice smell, like an apple. It looks like an apple, smells like an apple. It's like... It's very inviting. It's like Garden of Eden type stuff, but it's lethal to humans and possibly to all mammals. And it's also known as the most dangerous tree in the world. What? Like you can get sick. There's signs around these trees where they're found. Mm -hmm. That's like, just stay away. Don't, Don't touch it. Don't eat it. Don't sit under it. Nothing. First part of the scientific name, the hippomane, was coined by Greek, the Greek philosopher Theophrastus, where hippo translates (laughs) to a horse, and mane is derived from mania or madness. So I guess they noticed that horses got crazy when they ate these,
0: but didn't die. They just went crazy.
1: I don't know. It doesn't say they went crazy and died, or they just Mm. went crazy. Um, So if you brush against the tree and the white sap gets on you, you'll get a violent allergic reaction on your skin. Standing beneath it during a rainstorm can cause like any skin that comes in contact with it from the tree to blister. Yuck. So there's these like skin yucky effects that are really bad. Then ingesting the fruit, Mm -hmm. don't do it. Don't do it. Megan, doesn't matter how sweet it smells. Don't even think about it. Because what will happen is you're going to die. Just saying. First, you're going to have nausea, the huge vomiting, diarrhea, seizures. But just don't mess around. It's a little apple of death. And you just need to remember that. There's an article from this past July, last month, 2022, in Science ABC. I don't know. this Science ABC. It was reported that Nicola Strickland, who's a consultant radiologist, found this fruit scattered amongst some coconuts and mangoes On this beautiful beach in Tobago, which you looked up as in Trinidad.
0: Well, I was thinking Tobago. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway.
1: So it looks like an apple or what she thought was a beach apple. It fell from the tree and her and her friend decided to take a bite. (laughs) And then after that, she gives an account of her horrendous experience in a letter to the British Medical Journal. There's the BMJ right there. There it is. She said it was sweet and it was initially tasted like really good. But then all of a sudden it tasted bad. She said, moments later, we noticed a strange peppery feeling in our mouths and it progressed to a burning, tearing sensation and tightness of their throats. What? So hours into the the ordeal, they had esophageal ulcers and it was accompanied by like this swelling and tightening of their throats. It was excruciating. Um, And they couldn't swallow or drink anything. So they could still breathe. Apparently somehow they could still breathe. So they say if eaten whole, this very innocuous fruit can be fatal. The tree can be found in the marshes of Florida, of course. So I guess that Aboriginal tribe native to Florida, they used to smear it on the tips of their arrows to hunt prey and kill their enemies. One such arrow is rumored to have killed the explorer Juan Ponce de Leon. How do you say? Ponce de Leon. Ponce de Leon, yeah. Juan Ponce de Leon on his second trip to Florida in 1521. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well,
0: because he never found the Fountain of Youth. He became immortal. Um,
1: I like stay out.
0: That's kind of intense.
1: Yeah. So they say other than hunting, the gum of the bark has often been used to treat venereal diseases in traditional medicinal practice. Fruits dried in the sun are also utilized as an effective diuretic. Oh, so. So the indigenous people like figured it out.
0: If you like treat it a certain way or you mm-hmm. use certain parts, then you can use it to help alleviate other things. Right.
1: So well, the tribe was the Calusa tribe. Interestingly, this article kind of went on to talk about, you know, if this kills animals, and we know trees, plants need to disperse their seeds. Right. So how is this evolutionary, like, how is it spreading? How is this helping the plants? Right. But they think what happens is it actually, because it's on beaches or near water, that picked up. it gets goes in the water and then it you know goes up onto other islands and beaches and works its way from there
0: so it doesn't really need like an animal seed disperser just need uh-huh. wind or water or whatever
1: right and i was thinking they would say well because the animal eats it then goes somewhere and dies and that's like the fertilizer <laughs> for the plant to like grow i mean
0: that's also seems plausible i, I would
1: we? yeah you never know all right number two Almost there, everybody. Oh my gosh. We're going to talk about the suicide tree, which I'm sorry the, for the name. I didn't make the name, but it's actually more of like a murder tree. Right. So because it's mostly people using it to murder people. And this is something that my husband said we do have here. So it's the Cerbera odalum, which my husband was like, oh yeah, that's like the name of this, uh, the local plumeria. Yeah. So I don't know if this is the same thing or not, but they say it's probably from the same family. And it's also from the same family as oleander, hmm. which is, uh, we know, we know all about that. And they all have that kind of like white sap. I think, well, it has a toxin, that serbarin toxin, mm-hmm. um, and it basically disrupts calcium ion channels in the heart muscle. Oh. So it leads to like irregular heartbeat and then... And yeah. if it's high enough, then you're going to die. It's been referred to by some as the perfect murder weapon because getting someone to ingest the the toxin in the suicide tree is pretty easy to do as long as you f- disguise it with spices. And the toxin, then don't get any ideas. I'm just I'm telling you. Just, the right toxin right? is also <laughs> notorious for being overlooked as the co- cause of death and, uh, and autopsies. But just so you know, everybody, now they're on to it. You know, they're onto it. Right. Well, yeah. So don't think you would get away with something here because mm-hmm. you're not. Mm-hmm. Listen, I watch and listen to a lot of true crime. Just don't do anything mean to anybody ever. But I know only nice people true. listen to us, so it's okay. Yeah. So there was this team of French forensic toxicologists mm-hmm. that concluded that this Cerbera odalum is used by more people to, they say, commit suicide and murder than any other plant. And it's been responsible for hundreds of deaths worldwide with 537 recorded deaths from 1989 to 1999 in the southern Indian state of uh, Kerala, just there. So three quarters of the victims were women. Mm -hmm. um, And they say it may be used to kill young wives who they don't feel like are living up to what they should be in certain Indian families. Also, they say many cases of homicide using the plant go unnoticed in countries where um, it does not grow naturally. So, people are like getting it and using it. Apart from India, the tree is also found in Singapore, Malaysia, Sumatra, Thailand, Indonesia, Philippines, Northern Marianas, Guam, Vietnam, My- Myanmar. Myanmar? Are we still calling <clears clean throat> it that? Is that right? Burma or Burma. Myanmar? We, yeah, Burma we heard about like like Myanmar. Myanmar. Yeah. And Bangladesh. Wow. There's also a closed species in Madagascar. So, it's like they say, it's like an ideal poison responsible for, for the death of 3,000 people a year. In, past centuries mm. um it's about responsible for 50 percent of the plant poisoning cases and 10 percent of total poisoning cases like i said in that kerala in india and they think that actually a lot of people who were said to have died by suicide from that or were actually homicides right yeah they're like oh she must have i don't know she must she have just taken the this she wrote this letter yeah it's like yeah and it's just mm-hmm. some <laughs> skeezy husband or boyfriend doing something has like a a life insurance policy i don't know wow yeah totally number one are you ready for number one let's hear it castor oil plant what yep racinus communis so a lot like oleander castor oil plants are found in houses and gardens all over the world and actually their seeds are super dangerous So dangerous, Megan, in fact, that the plant is the current holder for the Guinness Book of World Records title for the most poisonous plant. So the seeds have this very toxic chemical called ricin. Mm -hmm. And ingestion of the seeds lead to burning sensations of the mouth and throat, intense abdominal pain, bloody diarrhea, and within 36 hours can lead to death. Uh, And within three to five days, well, that's if you're untreated, right? Mm -hmm. So ricin... Or the Infernal Fig Tree is a bush native to Africa with a thick woody stem whose leaves are, the leaves are red or dark purple, hence its common name, I guess.
0: It's like a fig tree from hell? Yes, they're trying to basically. Say?
1: Wow. <laughs> it's hell's fig tree. And it's usually covered with a white powder or ricin, which is highly toxic. Oh. In the U.S., um, they investigated ricin for its military potential during World War One. Oh. So it was being considered to use for either as a toxic dust or coating for bullets or shrapnel. It's gross. Um, um, the dust cloud concept uh, wasn't ever developed, thank goodness. Um, and the coated bullet or shrapnel concept would violate, the, I guess, a lot of laws, <laughs> like different conventions. <laughs> um, so, yeah, especially now. World War One ended before the U.S. could weaponize it. Thank goodness. But during World War II, the U.S. and Canada started studying it again for cluster bombs. And there were plans for mass production of several field trials with different bomblet. That must be a military thing. Yeah. Are those like mini bombs? Mini bombs. I guess that's the cluster bomb thing. right? But basically, they decided that it was no more economical than using phosgene. Mm. Basically, something else terrible that they decided to use ricin was given the military symbol w or later wa interest in it continued for a short period after world war ii but it subsided later when the u.s army chemical corps began a program to weaponize sarin is that right sarin gas yeah Yeah. so good times so the soviet union actually weaponized ricin and i think you might remember the kgb developed weapons using ricin um, that were used outside the Soviet bloc, and most famously in the Markov assassination. Sounds right. familiar. That's why it sounds familiar. In 1978, it was there was this Bulgarian dissident Georgi Markov, mm-hmm. and he was assassinated by a Bulgarian secret police who shot him. Well, they say shot him on a London street with an umbrella. Remember, right. like they poked him with an umbrella. And like walked past him. And I guess it like there was compressed gas and it fired a tiny pellet contaminated with the ricin into his leg. And he died in the hospital a few days later. And then his body was passed to a special poison branch of the British Ministry of Defense. And they found it during the autopsy. But it was like, nobody could figure out what happened. Right. That's interesting. 10 days before the attack on him, another uh, Bulgarian defector, this Vladimir Kostov, He survived a similar attack. He was standing on an escalator of the... This is so like James Bond stuff right here. He was standing on an escalator of the Paris Metro when he felt a sting on his lower back above his belt Mm -hmm. and he got a fever, but he recovered. Basically, this stuff is really bad stuff that people have used in all kinds of warfare. You also might remember, if you are a, a fan of Breaking Bad...
0: You know I've never watched Breaking Bad. I never have either. We should probably watch it.
1: I don't know. I mean, I just like I watched the first episode and I was like, I just, I don't know. I wasn't in the mood.
0: I don't know what it is. Sons of Anarchy, Breaking Bad. I never got into those.
1: Yeah. Somebody like give us a reason. Yeah. Why should we watch it? So I guess it was used in one of the episodes that he used it to try to or did kill somebody. Um, Also in the 2013 movie, The Good Mother. Did you watch that? The Good
0: Mother. That sounds familiar.
1: So the... Cheryl Jordan she apparently she injects her daughters with ricin and puts ricin in their food in order to poison them and because of uh Munchausen by proxy right right yeah she's freaking loony um and then she's caught eventually I never watched it I don't really like movies like that yeah the Munchausen by proxy makes me
0: really uncomfortable yeah
1: it's just man that's just messed up yeah so that's it there you go people the top 10 that's geez that's a lot I lot. just couldn't, because you can see how each one, mm-hmm. I, just, I just scraped the surface. Yeah. And here we are an hour later. It was great. It was a lot. So I have an organization to support. Let's hear it. It's the Society of Ethnobiology, and you can find it at ethnobiology.org. Well, that's and easy. And you can become a member. What? Yeah. So the Society of Ethnobiology, it's a nonprofit professional organization dedicated to the interdisciplinary study of the relationships of plants and animals with human cultures worldwide, including past and present relationships between peoples and the environment. They are committed to scholarly research and to inclusive relationships with communities with whom they work with and with colleagues around the world. So they're very like, you know, they have long arms out working with all kinds of communities and people, but it's also very like on the up and up. So it's not the guy on the beach like, this is the first documented thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) They actually talk to like indigenous people and get the real story. See what's really going on. Yeah. So anyway, I checked out their website. It's really cool. They have a lot of good information and I don't know, um, ethnobiology or just ethnobotany. Yeah. It's just the coolest thing.
0: Yeah. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. That's all, Megan. That's all I got.
0: That was great, Jen. I enjoyed that story. You feel like you learned a lot. I feel like I did. I feel like I did learn a lot. I feel like I knew a little bit, little things, you know, Mm -hmm. from mostly pop culture because that's where I get my science pop culture. But yeah,
1: this is yeah, it's interesting. So these are all the things you just don't don't eat it. Yeah, do it. Well, but a lot of the things are actually used in medicine. So yeah,
0: I love the story about Elizabeth Blackwell. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She was great, and so she was documenting a lot of this stuff. I'm sure she documented. I haven't looked at all of her stuff, but I've. I'm sure she documented some of these plants because they are used for medicines. So that's very cool. <laughs> Did you just yell on? <laughs> Listen. Tried to cover it. Trying to cover it. So Megan. Oh, Jen. So I guess, you know, what would you, I know you probably wouldn't collect anything you're not sure of, but say you were, kit. say you had no food. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're out
0: there. Apocalypse situation. You're stranded. But plants are still available. You got to get.
1: Yeah. You got to do the darn thing. I guess. What do you put in your emergency preparedness kit besides activated charcoal?
0: I mean, besides also having a copy of uh, a curious herbal.
1: Oh, for sure. Right. Because I I
0: mean, you got to know some stuff. Right. Right.
1: And you need to take it back (laughs) to the 1700s. I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's nothing more recent you would need. So I I'm. You know what? (laughs) Of course not.
0: (laughs) I'm just going to take it back to her husband, Alexander. Definitely, he bought all of those cufflinks, right? Oh, and for sure. I'm just saying that I would want a pair of, of cufflinks that could, like, you could keep your activated charcoal in, like, a little container.
1: That's fancy. That you...
0: <sighs> oh, keep it fancy, Jen. Keep it. Who cares? It's the apocalypse. I don't have, like, processed food somehow all of a sudden the, you need cufflinks all of a sudden i need cufflinks
1: yes i just said you never
0: needed and you know what i'm only gonna have cuffs for the cufflinks so <laughs> just <laughs>
1: just like, that's so like uh chippendales yeah <laughs> just need the collar and the cuffs the collar and the
0: cuffs Fancy cufflinks in which to store my activated. And some charcoal. like
1: pants that you can rip off, <laughs> so that way, if you need, like, if you do get explosive diarrhea, <laughs> right, right, you're, you're covered. It's, it's, well, uncovered, <laughs> as it were. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, that's what I. That's what I think. You would need um, some fancy cufflinks to to put your activated charcoal in, so it's readily available.
1: As would Alexander Blackwell. Well, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And your old timey book of a curious herbal mm-hmm. from seventeen, those are the things that you're need, for sure for sure, for sure. I agree. Well, I think you know. Also, make some friends with uh, some people who know a lot about plants. Uh, One thousand percent. How about that? Yeah, yeah, I would do that.
0: Except for the little old ladies who like to smuggle plants in and out of island countries. I, we yes. know them. We know them. They'll see like some pretty plant, and they're like, "Let me just." And I will say that I have known. I have known some little old ladies from a certain Pacific Island oh, who are yeah. very adept smugglers. Oh, very much so. Of all sorts of stuff. And yeah. you just like, wow.
1: They're good. Yep. And so. that's how they spread all these, uh, you know, non-native <laughs> plants everywhere. But
0: it's beautiful. <laughs> just
1: kidding. Yeah. And maybe make sure it's not one of these. Yeah. And make sure they're Don't smuggling it angel- in a way that it's not going to be <laughs> touching them. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 But. All right, that sounds good. So everybody look up all these plants, know them, understand them, look at mm-hmm, all the things. Mm-hmm. Before you go foraging, don't just rely on TikTok. Yeah, oh, please. a
0: book for please, your area. Please stay away
1: from the hemlock. That's a real common one. Got it? Yeah. Okay, glad. Well, thanks, Megan. Thanks everybody uh, for listening to my story. No, and, thank you, Jen. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was great. Next week, we'll have another one for Megan. Very exciting. All right. You're Going to Die Out There is produced by us, Jen and Megan, and edited by Jonathan Pillsbury. We'd love it if
0: you could leave us a five-star iTunes review on Apple Podcasts.
1: You can also support us by following us on Instagram or Twitter, listening and subscribing wherever you get podcasts, or becoming a patron. Check out more on our website at youregonnadioutthere.com,
0: where you can see our awesome eco-friendly sponsors and Nature Nerd Artisans page.
1: If you'd like to send us your own stories or episode ideas, you can submit them through our contact form on our website or to our email. You're going to die out there at gmail.com.
0: And until next time, don't die out there. Bye. Bye. I think I mentioned it. We on talk a, about her all the time. Oh yeah. I think I mentioned on a previous episode that like I also stick figure, but always it ends up with like a giant third leg. <laughs> like Oops. Whoops. When did you talk about that? I, I saw don't her, remember. It's super I weird.
1: A third leg?
0: Yeah, as like, a kid, I mean? could never draw stick figures right. I'd always somehow give them like a little dick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's wrong with you <laughs> I don't know
0: I, don't know. Uh, I can't because I would just draw the body too long it's very or dully. I would draw the legs too high and then it would yeah
1: and then I'd be like oh. I thought you might you do that now still today and I was oh, like wow no, not really. I may mean, don't
0: really draw stick figures now I, that's good I don't think I do I,
1: I think I could do it without I'm wow. yeah give me some Freud <laughs> Freud stuff on that one just to figure out what was going on That's awkward. Damn it, Alexander. Well, okay,
0: let's say you get off the boat and it's just like festival time.
1: Imagine yeah. if there were still mm-hmm. festivals around people getting like executed. That would be the I feel like I don't think we would
0: survive that mentally.
1: No. I'm glad that changed. How did Thank people you. Thank you, History, th- for letting that not be a thing anymore. Yes. Yeah. Let's never do that again. Like when you watch movies of that and mm-hmm. people are like, eh, like screaming from the crowds and throwing, throwing cabbages, sto- Yeah, throwing rotten like cabbages. rotten tomatoes or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs>
0: Well, one, I always like see that and I'm like, wow, what a waste. Like, that's a lot of food waste. Oh, well, if it was rotten, it's okay. I guess. But maybe you could feed it to your (laughs) pig, (laughs) right?
1: But also it's like, wow, people were really hardcore.
0: But yeah. And I wonder, were they really, I always think about this, were they really like that? Like, were were people just kind of, was it solemn? Or were there people who were just like,
1: ah, you're awful. Or are they just like, how it is now? Or is it more like now people love watching true crime? Right? I'm just saying just like a book club in the back (laughs) or podcasters yeah I'm just maybe that was you know there was no form of entertainment really they go to the
0: pub later and they're just like sitting at a table and and they're they're going through all the forensics all right all right guys this is what happened this is what went down let's let's get into
1: it yeah get me a pint I think that's what it was (laughs) so maybe they weren't screaming they were like this is interesting hmm now what kind of evidence do they have did he get a fair trial she's a witch yeah yeah